Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Holtcast. Cole Petum here. As always, and of course, we're here to talk all things Aston Villa Football Club with a 3-1 away win at Turf Moor against Burnley on this fine Sunday. Of course, you guys are hearing this bright and early on the Monday or whenever you're listening to this. So hopefully you're having a good day. Um, Villa will be playing against Hib soon, so it'll get even better. Hopefully they don't cock that one up and uh, we go smoothly through now that Lee Johnson isn't the Hibs boss either but nonetheless that's a discussion for a different day so let's get to mr sebastian bacon here who's joining me so seb how's it going for you yeah it's always nice to be on especially after a win um it's nice to be just us two as well a little little cozy time talking about a villa win what what more could i ask for little cozy time i can tell all the listeners we are not cuddling during this cozy time this is a professional conversation but nonetheless like I said it was a 3-1 away win for the Villa a very very pleasing performance a nice tidy mostly complete away win I guess you could say Burnley had a decent spell of possession for the first 10 or so minutes of the second half where of course they took advantage and scored from that but more importantly Villa wrote it out Moussa Diaby got the third, Matty Cash getting the first two. Uh, didn't know Matty Cash was a uh, striker, but it really felt like today um, with some clinical finishes in the first half. All in all, I mean, one of those games you sit back and look at it, it it's a really, really good, tidy performance. Not one where you're probably going to pick too many things out positively or negatively, but just all in all, a good performance. You just continue that momentum going into the next game. And I think, what, three wins in all competitions now, uh, what, four goals against Everton, five against Hibs, there's your nine, here's another three's 12, there's some quick maths, I'm just doing that in my head, adding it up as I say it, one goal conceded within those three games. Seb, I think that's a that's a pretty good outing for the last week or so, isn't it? Yeah, look, I mean, we needed a response after the first game of the season, and we've got that in abundance, to be honest. Um this is probably the one out of the last three games that I was most concerned about. Um, th- I mean, this is a Burnley team that lost two, three games completely last season. Um, Vincent Companies has transformed them. He has them playing a really exciting way of football. And I thought with our high line that we might get caught out. Um, I didn't really know what to expect, actually, because I was saying this in the preview for those that listened. Um this is our this is our fourth game of the season, whereas Burnley have only played this will be their second. Um so, you know, it, it's really difficult to know what to expect, whether fatigue would come in, but I think Unai Emery is showing once again that he knows exactly what to do in these types of situations. He can handle a squad more than well enough. And these are the games that in recent years we probably would have struggled in, but in the end, we made it look routine and we did end up making Burnley look like newcomers to the league. We taught them a lesson. 
Yeah, it's kind of a weird one. Like, you are right in saying that, Seb. I didn't really know how to feel going into this one because the sample size is Burnley against Man City on the opening day. Like, what real sample size is that? And you sit back and look at it even further, and then you think, okay, well, do you kind of take some examples um, and some some sample pieces from the championship? It's very hard to convert that to the Premier League. And then, of course, you hear kind of murmurings coming out that they had two friendlies and they beat, I think it was a United, like 3-0. So, uh, of course, I think there was a few key United players playing. So then some people got a little concerned online, as people do on Twitter, because, you know, they, they don't overreact or anything. That's, that would be normal for Twitter. But regardless of that, it was it was a very tidy performance, not so much one where you would sit back and look at it and think, okay, we could have done much better. We could have scored a couple more goals, to be fair, if the likes of Ollie Watkins and Musa Diaby were a little bit more clinical on the on the final touch a few times. But regardless of that, I mean, a 3-1 away win, uh, an away win is important anywhere you go. And it's kind of crazy to think that we had a minus four goal differential on the opening day. And now we're at uh, plus two after just over a week. Um, in terms of Villa goodness, that's pretty darn amazing. But to break down the stats for this game, and I, I haven't seen these, I'm just seeing these now. But it's interesting to note, Seb, that Burnley actually had 57% possession to our 43. They had nine shots with two on target. We had 16 to six. Uh, They had four corners to our six, and they had 12 fouls to our 11. The possession thing's a little bit interesting, isn't it? Because I think some people would probably correlate looking at that game thinking, okay, Burnley were just unlucky. But all in all, it was just a professional performance. And this is just becoming a usual thing under Unai Emery, isn't it? I think that's to be expected. Burnley is strong at home. Burnley, they play good football as well. Um, you know, it's, it's a complete different Burnley outfit to the one that left the Premier League two years ago. You know, they have, they have young players. They're exciting on the ball. Vincent Company wants them to be comfortable in possession. You know, the guests that I had on for the preview spent a lot of time talking about that Pep Guardiola mold and how they like to play intricate passes and work their way up the pitch. Um, so, yeah, no, I think that was to be expected. And, and Unai Emery said in his press conference that when analysing Burnley, they um they realised that because of their high press, Villa wouldn't be able to play six, seven, eight passes in the defensive third and try to intricately make their way up the field like we normally do and, you know, have lots of touches on the ball. He was concerned that we might get caught out by that. So, we tried to play slightly differently and it worked. You know, we tried to go more direct. We weren't so focused on keeping the ball and taking our time with it. We had to be quick with it. We had to get it out of our feet. And I mean, I mean, it worked today. Um, it's nice to know that we have game plans for each opponents because potentially under previous management, it didn't really feel like that. Um, but yeah, like you said, professional performance. And that's what you've come to expect from this Aston Villa team now. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about the defense for a little bit here, because I think, I mean, that's where most of the story for this game was written in my mind, of course. Like I said, Matty Cash scoring the 8th minute and the 20th. Uh, Luka Dean getting an assist on Moussa Diaby's goal, basically set that one up on a plate for him. I mean, one for Luka Dean to get another assist within a matter of days. Matty Cash, of course, sitting out against Hibbs. And then coming into this game with clearly a point to prove and positioning him a little bit higher up the pitch, Seb, it definitely worked. So what did you make of those two today? I'm going to start with Luca Dean first. Um, and I am 
so so pleased that it looks like from from the time of recording that he isn't going to be moved on in this window um for the listeners well the listeners won't be aware that we actually recorded a season preview before the season started sorry folks that <laughs> never ended up being published for for whatever reason we all sat sat around together the four of us and you know we discussed our thoughts on the season and and I spoke quite passionately about wanting to keep Luca Dean on he at that time he didn't have many let's say fans people weren't too keen on him and you know people were for the idea of getting a new left back in and moving him on um but I always thought that it wasn't a priority he is more than good enough if he's happy to be a squad player and you know play his part here and there that there is not that many better backup left backs in the prem as of thinking about it now that can do a more complete job he he's completely transformed into Emery's style I think he's got even better I've always been a massive fan of him completely um and he showed it again today he showed it in the last week in all honesty and and people are starting to come round to the idea that you know it's not a position that we need to look to strengthen or move him on in that case um and that he can do more than a good enough job when called upon. He, he's someone that I trust coming into the team. And, you know, he's displaying that. He, he got another assist today, like you mentioned. Um, I don't know how that is, how many that is now, including the Hibernian game and the Everton game. Um, but yeah, going forward, he looked really, really dangerous. Cash on the other side, I think, was playing a more advanced role today. Maybe in the right midfield role as concert occupied the right back role. Um, and hey, I mean, for for a man with one goal since twenty twenty two, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have thought it on today's before. He could have had a hat trick, in all honesty. Um, his 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 link up play with Musa Diaby looked second to none today, which was exciting to see. Um, I think Diaby really brought that out of him. Seeing that Bailey made the bench, no, I don't know how Simon's going to react when I, when he hears me say this back, but um. I was quite concerned when I saw Bailey on the bench because of his link up with Diaby. I wondered whether Diaby might struggle because of that um, today, but but he just looked to go from strength to strength. And I don't know whether that was Cash improving his game or whether that is just the next level in Diaby that we're seeing that he can bring that out of other players. But yeah, he got in the right positions. He had that clinical edge that he doesn't normally have in front of goal and you know, just going forward today, we looked really exciting and we could and probably should have had a few more. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's it's one of those things when you look at the defensive line, I think everyone had a very strong game, aside from, of course, the, the one Paul Torres kind of blooper, I guess you could say, the way he defended um, the Burnley, Burnley's lone goal today, of course, through Lyle Foster, who was a little frustrating how he got spun so easily. Had to be a little bit stronger there, but all in all, very, very pleasing performance from the back line. But Seb, let's move a little bit further up the pitch. I want to move over to the midfield because I I think it's important to address some of the work that was done there today as well. When you look at the likes of Bubakar Kamara and then you look at Douglas Louise, I mean, they've become an absolute stalwart in our midfield and how we move out from the back. But when you move a little bit further forward and then you're adding 
the likes of, I guess you could even throw Matty Cash in this example and Luca Dean, because basically when defending, they're playing in a five. And, and then of course, in attack, they're almost playing in basically almost like a flat four, essentially um, with them becoming inverted wingers. How important do you think it is for those two in particular to have that support? Because in my opinion, last season, we saw a few times where they became a little isolated and we almost had to overpass the ball to kind of break things out of play, if that made sense. So what do you kind of make of them today in particular? And then what do you think kind of the importance of them having that support means to them, if that makes sense? Yeah, yeah, I get you. Um, and yeah, you're right. It, I mean, you see it with the best teams in the world, don't you? City have Rodri, you know, defensive midfielders are so hard to come by. And when when you find someone that can slot into that midfield and sit and just soak everything up, it allows the creative players in front of them to have more freedom and work their magic. So, yeah, just a quick answer from me on this is that I, I completely agree. And having that allows us to almost build our base around it. Yeah, no, 100%. And, and like that's the thing too. It's I think the one thing for Villa, especially in the midfield, it's always been about providing that support. And I mean, a good example and why I brought this up is, of course, the little bit of a blunder between Robin Olsen and Bubakar Kamara, where Olsen played it out, Kamara played it back, Olsen panicked and played it back. And then, I mean, this has been a little bit of a theme probably for the first opening games with Kamara when he's under a bit of pressure. Um, he hasn't essentially taken it that well and he loses the ball. Thankfully, he's able to usher it out for a corner. But all in all, these are just, I know it's Robin Olsen, it's not Emmy Martinez, which of course we haven't touched on, but it, that is a massive miss when you're looking at playing it out from the back. Um, you would probably have to agree, Seb. I mean, it, it's clearing obvious when you're comparing Martinez to Olsen. There's a different golfing class. And I mean, it's still something that I think all fans want to be addressed at some point, isn't it? Is there any team in the league where if you take out their first goalkeeper and put their second in, that there isn't a big golfing class? Uh, you'd probably say right now, like Arsenal. <laughs> that would be a good example, probably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, fair enough. Even, I don't think it's the goal. Maybe I should rephrase that. I don't think it's so much the golfing class. I, I just don't think Robin Olsen is a... Um, ball mover at the back and I mean I never really thought that with Emmy Martin is either but he's definitely become more so of that and it's become evident but I, I just feel like I look at Olsen and I guess you could say he's a sh- just a straight up shot stopper more so I, even then I'm thinking some, some fans be... may dispute that as well yeah <laughs> well to be honest the way we conceded it today he just kind of dove and like arched his back and barely put his hands up. I don't really know what the hell happened there, but um, I thought he could have done a little bit better, but that's, yeah, look, that, but... I, I, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with you. It's, it's really difficult. Cause I don't, I don't want to sit here and criticize players when we've won. And I don't want to sit here and criticize players that perhaps come under more criticism than others. Um, Unai Emery doesn't think that it's a position we need upgrading on clearly. Um, I would probably disagree with him. Is it an urgent matter? No. However, say Martinez gets a big injury and that completely hampers our season. So exactly, it, it's a it's a really tricky one. Um, I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel as comfortable 
watching us play out the back when Olsen's in goal. Um, I, I, I don't think anyone does. But it's it's difficult. It's it's really difficult. I I, I feel as though our defense shielded him, shielded him well today. Sorry. Um, you know, I I thought we made him have limited amounts to do, which which definitely helped. But I I, I would certainly say I would be looking in the near future to get a number two in a new number two for that matter. Yeah, I think it's one of those things as well Seb is like I I know we all want a new number two realistically probably how easy is it to shift Olsen's the other issue um and for someone to pay a fee that I think that's another thing too and his wages are probably much more significant than they were before I mean Gerard signed him so it seemed like he gave everyone just a little bit of a boost for some stupid reason I don't know for that for a fact but it just seems like based on the way we're trying to shift some of these players from that era, um, it's becoming ever more evident that it's becoming difficult because of different reasons. And I feel like the wages are probably a major part of it. But I do expect that to be something addressed within the next season or so. I think it has to be. Um, I mean, the other issue, too, we don't have to talk about this, but of course, the further on it goes, then it becomes a discussion. When does, if I mean Martinez ever leaves, then he has to replace two goalkeepers too. But that's a, that's a dis- discussion for when that's, the, that's going down yeah. a massive loophole. Yes. When the, when the, uh, sky falls and all that kind of stuff. So hopefully that's, we never, that's going down a black hole to the point of no return. That we'll be here for six hours if we <laughs> want to talk about all those possibilities. So, um, if that's the case, we'll just, we'll just move on. But I think one more player that we can discuss here, um, more importantly, more so than others. And I mean, it would have been one hell of an introduction to his life at Aston Villa, but Nicolo Zanolio, hopefully I pronounced that correctly. Why did you put an accent on it? (laughs) I don't know. I I, I just wanted to see how that sounded. What's his name? Nicolo (laughs) Zanolio. I hope I pronounced that correct. But regardless of that, of course, coming on, almost scoring on his debut. I mean, if we weren't already winning the game, you'd probably be a little bit more frustrated that he didn't square it to Watkins and make it a tap in. But you can't really blame him for taking that, don't you? It was a, it was a really positive debut. Um, I, I put a tweet out on Twitter um, shortly after full time of a clip where he picks up the ball and he's in that position where we play the ball so often that Watkins makes that run in between the two centre-backs and we find the ball... Um, and Zaniolo just didn't find it in time, and he, he he opted to play it backwards. And as soon as he released that ball, he apologised to Watkins straight away. Give him time to bed in, give him time to learn our system and form connections with players, and I am under no doubt that he will completely adapt and will be a very, very big part player for us. And another one is Diaby. Um, I've got to admit, I've got I got Diaby massively wrong. I was I was one of the few that was very skeptical, um, which shows how much of an idiot I am, in all honesty, because he's looked a complete cut above from everyone else so far this season. Um, another goal contribution today, and that's the difference. We started off the second half slightly shaky. Burnley perhaps started better off and were causing us troubles, especially after their goal. We didn't really create that much. 
and then with one chance he manages to find the back of the net completely turn the tide of the game back in our favor and nullify any home threat that may have come and and that's the difference with those quality players is that they can switch it on they only need one moment and suddenly a game can be turned and i feel that zaniolo could be one of those come the near future as well wow nice yeah what you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on bomba socks underwear and t-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds yeah that plush and the best part, for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's just interesting. When you look at him, his height, given the position he's playing so for far up, he has a bit of pace about him. Uh, he also nutmegged um, one of the Burnley players um, within his short cameo as well. Um, I mean, it's a very short sample size, but it looks like he could really cause some damage at this level, barring he stays healthy. Thank, like, no more injuries for the rest of the season, please. That's all I can say. But all in all, looks very promising. To go on to Diaby, just to kind of add to your point even more. I mean, I said this, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, but he is everything that we hoped Leon Bailey would be and more. He's just, the, the way that he runs into space, he's actively looking to open himself up and have his body opened up to be able to make the next pass, make the next move, make a shot. There's just a hunger, a desire, and awareness of the space around him that makes him so much different. And, I mean, the fact that he has a goal and assist today, scored on the opening day, um, I mean, it's just it's more things to come. And I also like how, even though Bailey didn't factor into today, it's nice to have that bit of rotation too and know that we have someone like him to rely on. And I know it's frustrating with Bailey. Who knows if we'll actually do anything half the time. And this is, seems like a more of a kind of uh, abusive segment to Leon Bailey more so than anything. But all in all, I mean, he does offer some things and it can be from off the bench as well. I mean, look at Bertie Traore, the way he came on, I know it's against Hibbs, but very impactful. And I think having these players and when we're fully fit, I think it's just going to be great for rotation purposes. And these are also the players that are going to be very, very crucial in Europe as well. Yeah, it feels like I'm talking about a broken record here, how much I've I've spoken about squad depth, not not only in recent years, but since we've been promoted. And it's, it's another one that's, you know, we've still got some time left in the transfer window, but suddenly you look at our bench and we've got two to three players who would genuinely be starters for, 14, 13 Premier League clubs and be their best player. Tielemans, for example. 
I don't quite want to put Bailey into that bracket yet. Um, <laughs> he can be in but, the middle tier, the undecided. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And we we've still got a way to go before you know we are able to compete with the top six in terms of squad depth and in terms of being able to bring five players on who can immediately change a game. But we're getting there. It's progress, and under this manager, I don't see why we can't get there soon. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, it sucks to have some of the injuries we do, but the way that we're able to cope, and there's still some time in the in the transfer window as well, Seb, to address those things. I still think there's going to be one or maybe even two more coming through. Um, now that, of course, um, we might as well talk about him in a few minutes. Cameron Archer has left. Aaron Ramsey, of course, featured uh, for Burnley very briefly today, which is very odd to see a Ramsey and a, a different kid. It was, I mean, he's still playing for a Clarendon blue side, so fair enough. Um, but all in all, those are at the door, so it does make you wonder if something else is in the pipeline because space is being made available, and there's over £30 million right there out the door within a week. So all in all, good business. But Seb, let's get over to the three word reviews because this is going to be your little kind of uh, notice that they are coming up. So um, here's your alert for that. Of course, you can tweet us at 7500 to hold over on Twitter. Um, and of course, there's a lot less of them today because I'm an idiot and I completely misspelled three word reviews. And I said the word review um, so we only had like 10 people get involved and I was wondering why not to sound arrogant. Usually we get over like 50. Um, and I was wondering what was going on until I looked at what I actually put out there. Um, so then I did it again and we got a few more. So <laughs> I'll actually go with these ones. I feel like an absolute idiot. And this is why I probably should pay more attention to what I'm typing half the time. But regardless of that, let's start with, uh, Jazz Singh saying we love Unai. Uh, Rob J says, good, aren't we? Uh, Chris Perrin, think we're good. Uh, FG10, Emery knows ball. Rory says, professional, organized, clinical. Um, Lee Robbins, four players missing with the mine explosion emoji. Um, Rach25, Villas, amazing improvements. Uh, let's go to Ross Leach. Emery improves players. Simon Palmer says, misery loves company. Matt Hand says, up the villa, and let's do uh, three more, why not? Uh, Stephen Kelson, nice, confident win. Um, Iron Boss says, or both, sorry if I absolutely butchered that, um, always in control, and we'll finish with John Atkins saying, what's a, in all caps, team? So just to pronounce it out there, but nonetheless, Seb, it's your time to be in the hot seat. What is your three-word review? I feel like last time I did this, I went for some alliteration. So I feel like I'm going to make that a theme for this season. Um, I'm going to go with deserved dominant display. Fair enough. I, I like that one. I still haven't thought of one, but I'm just going to come off. This off is the your segment. One. I know, but I panic. It's every understandable if time. I forget because there is no game that I hate more. And as soon as we finish recording, I push it to the back of my mind and hope to never, ever have to think of one ever again. But you choose to include this every single week and never have one ready. Well, you know what? It, it, it's 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 all of our podcasts, but as I edit, I'm allowed to do these things because I can take 10 minutes to decide and then cut it down and no one can know the difference. But regardless of that, I'm going to go with, let's see. I'll have no hair left by the time you've decided. I'll look like Simon. <laughs> I was waiting for that. I'm going to go with Diaby is good. 
because I don't know how many times I've tweeted lately, Dobby is good at football. Um, so to abbreviate that, it's not an abbreviation, but to put, to put it in short form, um, that's what I'm going to go with. So we'll go with that one. So let's go over to our next segment, of course. That is the man of the match, match ball. So Seb, I'll come right back to you. Who are you going with that one? I'm going to give it to Kamara today. Um, I think it's probably his best performance in a while. A few people have been saying that he hasn't been up to scratch recently, and I'd probably agree. Um, but today he looked back to his best, and I'm hoping that that is the version that we have for the rest of the season. Because remember, last season he was, he spent quite a lot of time injured. If we can get that Kamara for 30, 35 games this season, we are absolutely laughing because the way he can control a game when he's on top performance there's not many better and it it just baffles me how we got him on a free transfer it was there to see his quality and i am so so glad that he's an aston villa player it's just one of those things you have to enjoy these players especially from when you have them the fact that i even think about it this way when it comes to kamara briefly like the fact that eventually he probably will likely move on that that profit's going to be ridiculous I mean, everyone moves on at some point, of course, either through age or because this it's just too good to, to turn down. We've been through this. We don't have to go through this. Been too Keep many it examples. light, Cole. Well, you know, you have to enjoy it. Life's short. Enjoy every day. Live it to your fullest. There you go. Positivity. Um, for me, for my man, the match slash match ball, I just think it has to go to Matty Cash. Two goals in the first half. Could I add a hat trick? Um, unlucky not to. I felt like that role today really suited him. And that's probably been the most attacking he's been since uh, that uh, five-all thriller um, when he was playing for Forrest against us. So uh, I'd I like to see more of that, to be honest. I think he suits that role more so than a regular right back. Because, of course, I think when he was younger, he was more suited to play as a wide midfielder or an inverted winger. I just think the way he bombs forward, of course, at times it's frustrating. Some games that you're not going to be able to do that. But all in all, I think he fits the purpose for today. And I think he will various times this season. So I'm going to go with him. But Seb, ever so quickly, before we do wrap this one up, I wanted to do it at the start of the podcast. But then I get talking and I forget what actually running order we're going with. So this is typical Cole, of course, to do that. But... I didn't notice this until five minutes before kickoff because I didn't even go on Twitter um, this morning till then, uh, which shows great commitment for me when I run the the 7,500 a whole Twitter account. But regardless of that, of course, Cameron Archer joining Sheffield United on an $18.5 million fee uh, buyback clause. I saw a rumor apparently if they get relegated, we have to buy them back, which doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know if that's even a thing that exists. Who knows? Maybe we only have to buy him back for like half of that. Wouldn't that be funny? Um, but all in all, what do you make of this one? Like initial thoughts on him leaving. And what do you think that tells you about kind of Villa's business going forward? I'd love to put myself in the shoes of these players, Aaron Ramsey, Cameron Archer, Philogene, and be able to see what it's like because they they probably predicted they wouldn't be around getting starts this season. So having the opportunity to go on a transfer, I believe will only do them good. Um, Because 
I mean, I mean, think about it. You've got Unai Emery, who has done absolute wonders, sitting there and publicly saying, "Take let's let's put ourselves in Archer's position, for example." You've got Unai Emery saying, "Look, we love." what's happening with Archer, but we knew that we wouldn't be able to give him the game time to suffice his, not only his quality, but also his potential. So we're going to send him out on a permanent transfer with the ability to be able to watch him, analyse him, see how he improves and be able to bring him back in the future to be a big player for us. Having him say that must make you feel on top of the world and must make you want to go and absolutely smash it. I think I think it's a really good deal for Villa, um, for both clubs, to be honest, for Burnley, for Hull and for Sheffield United. Sheffield United are getting a goal scorer, someone that can put the ball in the back of the net and has proven it on many an occasion, but now needs to step up to one of the big leagues. So it'll be interesting to see if he has that ability. Um, it's obviously a shame that we won't be able to see it in a claret and blue shirt, but we're going in that direction now, adding these buyback clauses like Chelsea have gone, like Man City have gone, where we can afford to send our academy players out to help our finances with, I don't want to say little to no risk, because there's always risk involved, but with the ability to just get them back and to to be to be able to send these players out and think we might see you in a claret and blue shirt in the future and you'll be even better than you are now and even more a professional and even more composed and have so much more ability. I think it can only work for the long run. Well, it's like in my mind for me, it's almost like a long-term loan. If you think about it that way, if it works out, like realistically, if it works out, um, I don't know what the buyback fee is. We'll say, for example, it's say 25 million. Well, if he's bagging like 15, 20 a season and he works out and he fits Unai Emery's philosophy or whoever's at the helm at that point, hopefully it's Unai for the rest of our lives um, at this point in time, um, it's a brilliant bit of business. If it doesn't work out and he, I don't want this to happen to Cameron Archer, so don't come at me. But for example, if it doesn't work out and he's a championship striker for the rest of his career, we made 18 and a half million. And there's no fees you have to pay. You don't have to worry about loan deals. You don't have to worry about paying his wages or injuries. He's off our books until we're basically taking up that option. And I, I think that's the thing I like. There's a, there's a, there's, a, I don't know, a, a massive hint of actual sensibility in it. And then a little bit of ruthlessness, which I like because I, I felt like for too long, we would just let these players just kind of slowly wind down their deals. They go for nothing. And then even if they don't turn out to be something, well, you could have got a few million for them or something. So I think that's the nicest thing with this. Um, and I think going forward, I mean, of course, what, 18, 18 and a half million for Archer. Uh, I think it was, what, roughly 14 for Ramsey. And I think I've seen Phil Jean's rumor for about five. And then I think Keenan Davis, which, I mean, that's an example we should have cashed in probably a year or two ago for around a million pounds. Um for me, I mean, you look at all the recruitment we've done this summer, that covers a lot of Diaby's fee, for one. That also keeps you happy with FFP. And then looking even further, it kind of gives me kind of an inkling maybe we're going after one or two more. So that's what I said why I said earlier. I think there's a little bit more left to be done, and hopefully it comes soon. And 
hopefully they can contribute. I, I think the one thing just quickly about Cameron Archer that I thought was interesting when he played again, when he came on against Everton, I just, for me, it felt like he already knew he was going. It was just kind of waiting for things to kind of flow through me, given the go ahead. I always kind of wondered how he would fit in under an Unai Emery system. I, I don't know if he is the typical Unai Emery striker. Um, He's very ruthless in front of goal, what we've seen in the championship. He's not so much a, I'm going to bring everyone into play like a Watkins and kind of feed off that and just run, run, run. Um, He's more of a kind of a fox in the box per se, that based on what we've all seen. So, I mean, with that in mind and the ability for him to go out and kind of learn his craft a little bit more, play a few different systems, and maybe it does work out. I mean, it's just really good business. And at the end of the day, more of it to come, please, because Villa's actually a smart or are a smart football club now. It, it's quite weird, isn't it, Seb? Yeah, when you, when you put it like that, yeah, it's it's um it feels a bit abnormal. It's something that we've always seen Chelsea do, and you know I, I mentioned Man City as well. But to be in this position shows the progress we've made, and I hope that it can carry on. Well, absolutely so. But anyways, guys, let's leave things at that. Thank you very much, of course, Mr. Sebastian Bacon for joining me. You can find him on Twitter at SebastianBacon8. Follow me on Twitter at TalkAstonVilla. Tweet the team at 7500toholt. Check out the website www.7500toholt.espionation.com. If you want to email the podcast, by the way, anything you want us to read out. I know sometimes some things come through, some things I can't actually read out because they're a little weird or inappropriate but regardless that's something that came across in a couple years that i can't address um that's holtcast at gmail.com we'll we'll discuss this later um and of course if you want to write anything for the website uh feel free to uh, send anything over to us at 7500 holt main at gmail.com we should hopefully be back prior to the hips game i don't know if that's going to happen yet but if not you'll hear from us right after to make sense of hopefully you'd imagine this point Villa going through to the group stages of the Europa Conference League we'll even preview a little bit of the Liverpool game and yeah hopefully two more wins on the bounce happy days more happy days and don't forget up the Villa we're going up